0: Hi, I'm Maynika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from the Globe and Mail. In just the last couple of months, nearly 2 million birds have died in Canada, all because of a virus that causes avian flu. It's hitting poultry farms across the country, but it's also affecting wild birds and even mammals. Researchers in Canada and the US are saying they've never seen anything like this.
1: You'll hear stories of these barns with thousands of birds and they'll see maybe 100 dead on day one, 500 dead on day two, and then 14,000 dead on day three. And that's basically their entire flock is just wiped out.
0: Dr. Brian Stevens is a wildlife pathologist for the Canadian Wildlife Health Cooperative. He's based out of the University of Guelph in Ontario. He's been monitoring this severe season of avian flu, and he's here to tell us what's going on. This is The Decibel. Brian, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So let's just jump into it, um, and we'll start with the basics here. What exactly is avian flu?
1: So avian flu is, Basically, an influenza virus that is carried by birds. Um, So if you think about humans, we have our own influenza virus, um, and we have different strains that come up every year. Mm -hmm. Um, So wild birds, similar to other species, have their own influenza viruses that they normally carry.
0: And what is a normal avian flu season usually like?
1: So before I get into that, I'll explain two terms. They are low pathogenic and high pathogenic. And I want to explain those because it does explain a little bit about why this strain is a little bit different than normal. Okay. So low pathogenic strain means that when you get disease in domestic poultry from that strain, it often doesn't cause much disease, often is asymptomatic in domestic poultry, or they have very mild respiratory signs, so maybe a little bit of sneezing or coughing, but they're unlikely to get severely ill or die from it. Whereas if you have a highly pathogenic strain of influenza, then it does cause severe disease in our domestic poultry. We will see death from that, and we will see severe illness.
0: Hmm. And so what is happening this year then with avian flu? Like, What are are you seeing?
1: So yeah, so the normal year for influenza viruses is that these wild birds will have some sort of strain most of the time it is a low pathogenic strain so most of the time we don't see anything what we're seeing this year is a high pathogenic strain and we're seeing that in the poultry industry where we have had some outbreaks and mass die-offs in chickens and turkeys but what's different about this strain is that it's causing the death and severe illness in many different wild bird species which is atypical we don't see that really in any other season Even with our previous seasons of highly pathogenic avian influenza, we don't often see severe disease and death in the wild birds, but we are seeing that with this specific strain.
0: So what exactly are you seeing then, Brian? Like which birds are are we talking about here and what kind of symptoms are you seeing in
1: them? So we're talking about waterfowl, so ducks and geese, different water birds, so different gulls. Uh, We're talking about raptors, owls, hawks, turkey vultures, and bald eagles, as well as some corvid species such as crows and ravens. Um, And what we're seeing in them is mostly neurological signs. Um, So it seems to be affecting their brain most severely. So these birds are often having trouble standing, walking, flying. They're often seen just sitting in one position, not getting up and moving when somebody approaches, but instead having erratic head or neck movements. And sometimes people are seeing these animals with seizures um, and oftentimes because they are wildlife, people are just coming across dead birds.
0: Wow. Yeah, I was I was reading something where somebody was was noticing that like there were birds actually falling out of trees or like, you know, had these head twitches where they were kind yes. of moving uncontrollably. So, yeah, what's actually going on there?
1: Yeah, so what's happening with that, and most of what we're we're seeing with that is the turkey vultures and bald eagles are the ones that are reported to be falling out of trees. Um, And what's happening with them is that they've picked up the virus, um, and unfortunately, because they have these issues with balance and flying, they will then succumb to the virus and often just fall from the tree and be found dead at the base of the tree where they were roosting. Um, And it really is just this virus is getting to the brain and causing these effects on them.
0: How much of this are you seeing in your own practice, Brian?
1: So we're seeing quite a bit of it. Our organization is performing the wildlife disease surveillance for the entire province. We're seeing this across Ontario right now. Uh, most of it is in southern Ontario. Um, and then we're starting to see it more northerly as well. Um, so far, we've found it in Sudbury, but we're starting to get reports of birds further north in the Kenora area as well.
0: And so how does this compare to other years? Have you seen a flu season, an avian flu season like this before?
1: No. So this is unprecedented for us. Um, We typically are looking for avian influenza viruses, and we will pick it up occasionally. So birds out there normally carry it. The vast majority of the time, we don't see any disease or death related to it. Very rarely, we may see an animal that has died from this virus in other years, but not to this extent. Right now, we're getting number of cases every week. I'd say anywhere between 6 to 12 cases every week, if not more at times, um, where animals are specifically dying from this virus.
0: And is that way more than you would usually see then?
1: Yes, that is way more. Um, I don't even know how to quantify it because it's basically zero most years, to Hmm. easily over 70 or 80 already this year.
0: And it seems to be, as you say, poultry farms that are getting hardest hit by this, and this is where our attention is usually focused. So how does this virus that's often in wild birds, how does it get into a poultry farm?
1: So that is the question that many people are trying to answer right now. Um, So when you have a poultry farm, the best thing you can do is have strong biosecurity, and that means basically nothing from the outside world should enter into the poultry barn. Um, So having proper biosecurity would involve preventing any sort of wild animal, whether that's rodents or birds, from making their way into the barn, making sure that the feed and water that they're being fed is not being contaminated by birds outside, so making sure that everything's covered, as well as Anybody entering the poultry barn, they often have to don new clothing because you don't want to wear boots outside and then walk into the poultry barn, potentially bringing in goose feces or something like that that could have the virus on it into the poultry barn.
0: And once that virus is in the poultry farm or the chicken coop, like how how deadly is that for the animals there?
1: It can be very deadly. Um, so I think I've read something like 90% mortality rates at some times. Um, so oh, wow. it really is very, very deadly where the vast majority of birds are dying. And you'll hear of stories of these barns with thousands of birds, and they'll see maybe 100 dead on day one, 500 dead on day two, and then 14,000 dead on day three. And that's basically their entire flock is just wiped out. So it can be very, very deadly when it reaches these, these species. Yeah.
0: And we're also focused on avian flu now because there have been a few instances of this virus actually jumping into mammals. How does that happen?
1: So most of the time when it jumps into mammals, it's often because that mammal has consumed the uncooked meat or organs from an infected bird. Hmm. So we have diagnosed it in red foxes here in Ontario. um, And those were young red fox kits. So were about five to six weeks old. So they had been out of the den for a little while, and likely either their mom had brought them um, a dead uh, water bird um, or chicken, uh, or they had found it out there um, and were consuming the organs and meat and had picked up the virus that way. And that's typically what we see it when it does jump into mammals, is some sort of consuming uncooked meat and organs.
0: Are we seeing more mammals infected this year than than in other years?
1: Yes. Uh, We're really, I mean, this virus is just unprecedented overall. Um, We're not really seeing this in any other year. Um, I can't recall, I've only been at this position for four years, but even prior to this position talking to people who have been here longer, they hadn't seen reports of avian influenza in mammals. Um, And we have gotten cases now in Ontario, and I've seen a few cases in Wisconsin and Minnesota. Um, And I believe Michigan as well. So there's been a few states down there that have also detected in red foxes. So we're seeing it in multiple geographical areas where it is infecting these red foxes. So we're definitely seeing more infections in mammals than we've seen previously. Once it's in mammals, the question is, can it spread mammal to mammal? Um, And that's what we're really watching for right now.
0: Do we have any idea, Brian, why this avian flu strain is is so bad this year?
1: Um, So I don't have a specific answer for that, but we have known in Europe and Asia for the past few years that they've been dealing with similar strains of avian influenza that have been wreaking havoc on not only their commercial poultry industry and backyard poultry, but also on wild birds. So something seems to have changed over the past three or four years where there has been a jump And we've seen more of these highly pathogenic strains of influenza virus that are causing more disease in more species than we typically have seen um, in the decades previous. I don't know why that is. And I know there's a lot of people right now across the world that are trying to figure that problem out and decide whether or not this is something we're going to see long term or whether this is just a short term issue when you just have to ride out the wave.
0: Hmm. And we've talked here about this virus making the leap to mammals. Can it be transmitted to humans? And is there a risk to humans then of of contracting avian flu?
1: So there always is a risk. The good news is that the risk is pretty small overall. Um, There have been a handful of documented cases with this specific virus across the world. It tends to be extremely rare. Um, The good news is that this virus is looking to infect birds and not mammals. So even when it does make it into humans, oftentimes it doesn't have the necessary mutations or changes to then move from person to person. And it often is, it gets into one person and doesn't go beyond that. Um, And oftentimes when people are getting infected by this, it's people who are in close contact with many birds that are infected with this virus. So they're often exposed to a lot of the virus in a short time. And that's typically people who are working with poultry.
0: Hmm. And some provinces like like BC and PEI have actually told people to take in their bird feeders to kind of reduce the spread of avian flu there. Yeah. How much of a difference would something like that make?
1: So that's another question that I don't think we have a good answer for at this time. And it really depends on how safe you want to be. Um, so if you want to go out of extreme caution, then sure, take down your bird feeders, it's not gonna hurt, um, and it may help stop the spread. But what we do know about this virus is that the typical species that we see it in are waterfowl, so ducks and geese, occasionally gulls, raptors, crows, ravens, not animals that would typically be coming to a bird feeder. The songbirds we know can become infected with it, but from previous research, it doesn't appear that songbirds will carry this virus very easily. So taking down a bird feeder likely won't slow down the spread of this virus. But it is something that we are recommending certain people remove their bird feeder. So if anybody does have poultry, whether that's chicken or turkeys on their property, or if they raise ducks or geese, they should do everything they can to avoid um, attracting wild birds to their property. Um, If you don't have any birds that you're raising on your property and you want to have a bird feeder... I don't see it being a major concern at this time we definitely recommend that people monitor the birds that visit their feeder for any evidence of disease and contact us at the canadian wildlife health cooperative if they do notice anything and then regularly cleaning and disinfecting their bird feeders is a good thing to do even without avian influenza virus people should be taking down their feeders once or twice a week and thoroughly cleaning and disinfecting that feeder because even when we're not talking about influenza, there are other diseases out there that songbirds could pass from one bird to another that we want to make sure we minimize in those species.
0: Once or twice a week. So that's actually fairly fairly frequently then. Yes. So you talked about backyard poultry maybe being at risk. Is, is there a risk to any pets you would have, though, like dogs, cats, or I guess birds in your house as well?
1: Yeah, there definitely could be. So, I mean, any bird potentially could be susceptible to this virus. Hmm. Um, So, if you do have pet birds, you want to take precautions with them, similar to what I'm talking about with poultry. When it comes to dogs and cats, the main thing to be concerned about that is if they are coming in contact with these wild birds and they could potentially be ingesting the muscle or organs of these potentially infected wild birds, that's when we would be concerned. So if you have a domestic cat that roams outside, it could be at risk because it could come across pretty much any bird out there and eat the organs or muscle from that bird. When it comes to dogs, if you do have a dog and it is off-leash often, um, then you want to make sure you watch that dog when it's off-leash to make sure it's not getting into anything. Luckily, we haven't seen any cases in domestic cats or dogs at this point, but it's something that we are definitely keeping an eye out for. And we're recommending that people keep a very close eye on their pets because we know it could jump into them. So we want to make sure they're safe as well.
0: And we talked about symptoms in birds, but like, what would symptoms look like for a dog or these the foxes that you mentioned there, Brian? Is it they have like flu symptoms as well?
1: So what we're seeing in these red foxes is similar to what we've seen in birds. Neurological symptoms is the main one. So the the main A sign that I've had reported to me from the wildlife rehabilitators who have sent these fox kits in are seizures. Um, There have been reports of some of these foxes being blind as well, and I suspect that that's what we would see in dogs and cats if they were to become infected as well. Hmm.
0: So I just want to clarify in terms of the, the risk to humans, should we be avoiding eating chicken or eggs with this outbreak, or is this okay if we're not eating it raw?
1: Yeah, so it's still perfectly safe to eat any birds that you normally would. So whether that is chicken or eggs from the grocery store, as long as you're cooking that well, heat is the major enemy to this virus. So as long as you cook it well, even if there was virus in there, it's going to be killed. Um, The other question that often comes up is hunters, because there are people who will hunt waterfowl, hunt turkeys, and that is still safe. We recommend people take precautions when they are hunting. So wearing gloves and potentially some face protection like mask and uh, eye protection when they are dressing those birds. Mm-hmm. But as long as you are cooking the meat appropriately, then there shouldn't be a danger.
0: So what can we expect over the next few months, Brian, when it comes to avian flu in in North America here?
1: Yeah, so that's a hard one to answer because we're kind of in this area where we we've never seen anything like this before so the best that we can do is look at what we've seen previously in europe Um, so europe first saw this strain of the virus in the spring of 2021 so they've already gone through a full season of it so what they saw there was that there was an outbreak in the spring The warm weather tends to tamp down influenza viruses in general. So they had a few scattered cases throughout the summer, but in general, it kind of calmed down for a little while. And then the fall migration came up again, and then they started to see an increase in cases throughout the fall, winter, and into the spring again. So I suspect that we are going to see something similar here in North America. I'm crossing my fingers that it'll just peter out and be gone over the summer. But I suspect that we're going to see it a drop in cases over the next few months. And then we're gonna see it spike again come the fall.
0: Brian, thank you so much for for speaking with me today here. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our intern is Emily McPhail. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.